Hello. Hello. to Three Stooges Throwback, the comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things Three Stooges. From woman haters to sappy bullfighters, from Curly to Shemp, and even to Joe. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and I'm looking at all 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the Three Stooges comedy team. Hello and welcome back once again to the Three Stooges Throwback podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and we are still going over the 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the comedy team, The Three Stooges. This is episode 41, Calling All Curs. First things first, I use Wikipedia, IMDB, and threestooges.net to find all the information for these episodes, and I watch them on YouTube on a channel called The Three Stooges, all one word. They have them in 1080p, and they look better than they did in 1939. I've read almost every book on the boys. I think most of them, or all, I think all of them, but I'm not sure. I use my own brain to formulate opinions on the shorts, while also regurgitating the opinions of others. I am not an expert on the Three Stooges. I am just a knowledgeable fan who makes mistakes, who leaves things out. But it'll be fine. Everything will be okay. With that said, let's get on with the show. Kurz has a runtime of 17 minutes and 25 seconds. It was shot over four days from December 27th, 1938 to December the 30th, 1938 making this one the last one shot in 1938. From Flatfoot Stooges, which was shot in October, October 25th to the 28th, then We Won Our Mummy, November 1st to the 4th, so just a weekend off, then A Ducking We Did Go, from the 15th to the 18th of November, And then, Yes, We Have No Bonanza is the 28th of November to the 1st of December. Then last episode was Bell, Saved by the Bell, on December 12th to the 15th. And now Calling All Curs, the 27th to the 30th. So it's a breakneck pace of work there, seemingly. But then January and February, they are off, and they won't shoot again until March of 1939. Huh. I'm just fascinated with their work schedule and whatnot. And I'm trying to find a list of, I'm trying to find a database of public appearances. So I can add that to the, to the podcast as well as little tidbits of, oh, you know, they didn't shoot like here, right here. They don't shoot again from this one. They don't shoot from December 30th, 1938 until March 16th of 39. So that's three months off. I'm sure they were somewhere, I'm just not sure where. So I'm trying to find, I've looked several times and I just haven't had any luck as of yet. But I think that would be fun to kind of add to the show, add to the podcast, that'd be great. We're only on 41 and we've got 190, so if I can add a few things as we go, you know, that'd be cool. Anyhow, it was shot over those four days, uh, December 27th to the 30th, 1938. And this one was released August 25th, 1939. So, eight months they wait on the release of this one, which is very... I don't know what their 
process was, what their thought process, the, the, not the boys, but the head, you know, the, the folks who released them. So Curly, Larry, and Moe are the stars of this vehicle, produced by Jules White, directed by Jules White, with story credit going to a newcomer, Thea Goudan. This is her only stooge credit, so we won't be revisiting her. Screenplay credits go to Elwood Ullman and Searle Kramer. Featured players here include some new faces and a couple of familiar ones as well. Plus, it's mostly dames in this one. <laughs> it is mostly women, which is a switch for the, for a stooge short. We've got Isabel Lamal as Mrs. Bedford. She was in 95 films, and this is her best-known role. Dorothy Moore is a nurse, with 25 credits to her name on IMDb. She was in the first two Blondie movies, as Blondie's younger sister, Dot. I used to love watching the Blondie movies on Saturday mornings. In Philly, where I grew up, we had uh, UHF channels that got a bunch of these old movies. I don't remember the channel in particular, but... They would play the Blondie movies. They would play the Little Rascals, Our Gang shorts. They would play, obviously, the Three Stooges. They would play Francis the Talking Mule. Lots of that kind of stuff. She was under contract to RKO in the 1930s. This is Dorothy Moore. Uh, by the way, hubba hubba. <laughs> she was in Three Stooge shorts. Ethel Rita Leopold is also a nurse with 193 credits to her name. She worked all the way up until 1989. That's when I graduated high school. Wow. She had a, a bit part in Married with Children. That, that was in 89. And then she was uh highlights. Uh, she was in Caddyshack 2, which is, I don't know if that's a highlight. <laughs> At 17 years old, she was discovered by a Warner Brothers talent scout. Her first role was called Dames in 1934. <laughs> She's the Platinum Blonde. She was a Busby Berkeley dancing girl and was in six Shemp solo pictures and 13 Stooge shorts. Looks like one Ted Healy solo short as well. Robin Raymond is a nurse. 78 credits for her up to 1980. She's next to Moe when he's playing the trumpet, if anybody's looking. She was in two Shemp solo pictures and one Joe Besser solo and two Stude shorts. We've got Beatrice Blinn making a return she, as Nurse Thomas. She was in two Shemp solos and eight Stude shorts with 56 credits altogether on IMDb. She was in The Shadow. The Shadow knows. Of 1937, The Shadow came out. Trivia says the says this brunette supporting actress from the 30s and 40s was best known for her frequent stooge appearances. So there you go. Beatrice Curtis now. She's also a nurse. She's the nurse with the lapdog. 63 credits to her on IMDb. Six of them were stooge shorts. She was also in The Shadow, 1937. She was in vaudeville with her husband, Harry Fox, and then sadly committed suicide in 1963. Barbiturate overdose. Cy Shindell here is Tony the Dognapper. He was sometimes billed as Al Seymour. We've covered Cy several times. 162 credits, 
eight Shemp solo pictures and 35 Stooge shorts. We've got Linton Brent as Duke. Brentwood in L.A. is named after his father, who was a civic leader. Linton had 292 credits, among being an author as well, which we've covered in the past. Libby Taylor is the maid. She was in three Ted Healy solo shorts, one Shemp solo, and this is her only Stooge short. 67 credits all together. As a struggling actress in 1933, she became Mae West's personal maid. Come up and see me sometime. <laughs> Isn't that Mae West? Yeah. Come up and see me sometime, boys. Yikes. Mae West helped get her acting jobs, and in 1955, Libby Taylor had a stroke and said that, contrary to headlines, Mae West was not helping her financially. She was born in 1902 as Elizabeth Taylor, but changed her name. Different Elizabeth Taylor, obviously. Like I've said previously, I will cover the Shemp solo shorts as well as any other solo shorts that I find as they come up. Not in order. I'm not, I, I'm not gonna do that. We've already passed a bunch. But, uh, when I finish the Stooges, I'll go back and we'll do all the Shemps. Then we'll do all the, probably Ted Healy's if I can find them. All the Joe Bessers, blah, blah, blah. I might even cover the boys once this is done and all that's done. I may even cover the boys in their, uh, uh feature films. But, they're difficult because most of them are god awful. But they're, if they're, their appearances in feature films like in the 30s when they, you know, they would be in a, in a, a film, but they would only be, you know, in a scene or two. That's easier to watch for me as, as instead of like the Three Stooges Go to Mars or something, which is like, you know, an hour and 45 minutes of knocking my head against the wall. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So this short opens on Isabelle Lamal. She's pacing back and forth, and she is worried about her baby garçon. I believe it's Dorothy Moore who tells her not to worry that these are the best surgeons in the country. Curly does that snapping and popping thing. And um, I do that every single day at work. I walk around snapping my fingers like that with Curly in mind. So <laughs> uh, The girl he is flirting with smiles at him. When the boys are washing up for surgery, Larry takes out his sock and his socks and washes them too. <laughs> Curly kind of out of character here. He takes the socks from Larry and uh, slaps Larry across his face with his wet socks. He says, we got operating to do. They've got cool old swivel soap dispensers here. They're really neat. Like they, they're hanging and they just knock them, you know, they swivel upside down and tilt, they tilt back and forth. And so... You tilt them up and soap comes out and then they swivel back down and, you know. So nothing comes out of Curly's. And he smacks it and it hits Mo with the soap. He says, I didn't mean it. It's a coincidence. I always like that line too. That's great. Curly, I mean, Mo then blasts Curly with soap. Curly, uh, he rinses his mouth out and then we get a cut scene where he's blowing bubbles. Uh, looks more like a clear ball on a string as it moves all over, but it's still pretty funny. They are ready to operate now, and the nurses have dressed them. They're getting gloves, and uh, Curly is still flirting. He does he does his little funny swoon thing, and then he just falls on the ground. <laughs> Mass! And they uh, 
they, you know, the, the nurses come running and they practically mug the boys as they're tying their masks to their faces. And then Curly puts a gas mask on, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Larry says, do you think it's serious, Dr. Curly? And Curly says, yes, indeed, to say the least, if not less. <laughs> the boys all have grave, serious looks on their faces as they're treating this dog, you know. They call for the instruments. And the nurse brings two trumpets. <laughs> Curly's flirting nurse is Dorothy Moore, I believe. And the dark-haired one is Robin Raymond. And then the third nurse is Eth is Ethel Rita Leopold. At least I guess. <laughs> I love when they operate. You know, they're asking for, uh, you know, instruments and whatnot. Hanakanapuna, Hanakanapuna, et cetera. It's so funny. So funny. A piddle dithitar. Larry says, go get a piddle dithitar. We have none. He's all worried. Curly says, oh, yes, we do. And he pulls out a pair of pliers. What? <laughs> Curly's funny here. He barks at the dog, and then uh, he pulls a thorn from its paw. Success, success, and they all shake hands, you know. Larry says, uh, I didn't know you had it in you. And Curly says, I didn't. She did. Most smacks him, and then he uh, he sits down on the thorn that, that he sat down on the chair, you know. <laughs> He's, ow, ow, a botanical offshoot in the upholstery. <laughs> we'll have to operate. Get the anesthetic. That's what Mo says. He's, Curly says, no, a thousand times no. And the anesthetic is brought, and it's a giant mallet, obviously. Um, that dog's a good sport, because Curly flops over, like, pretty dramatically right next to it. And the dog just lays there, kind of paying no attention. Curly stands up, waves his finger in both of their faces, and he says, Santa Claus will hear of this. <laughs> uh, Isabel comes in to get Garcon. She wants to show him in the dog show tomorrow. But he must rest here a few hours first. And we get Dr. Moe, Dr. Larry, Dr. Curly coming over the uh, radio, the loudspeaker. Curly says, yeah, what do you want? Two important guests to see you. And then there's a meow and Curly opens up the speaker and there's a kitten inside. And he says, oh, one little kitten lost its mitten. How careless. So Cy Shindell and Linton Brent are the, are the uh, guests who are there to see him. They're reporters. And they want to interview the boys. They're from the Daily Star. They want to feature the hospital, the animal hospital. Larry takes them on a tour. He takes them into the general ward where a cat is laying there in a hospital bed all with his chart and everything. <laughs> he says, this cat suffers from operatic tendencies. He liked to sing on, he liked to sing opera on the back fences. <laughs> That's a trope from the 1930s in cartoons and here as well. Obviously, there's always that thing where a cat in the alley is freaking out in a cartoon and they throw a boot at him or whatever. It's interesting to think about that that's just something of that time. Curly sings a bit of opera and uh, the two the looks on the two guys are pretty funny. The disdain for Curly. <laughs> Mo pokes him in the eyes and Curly says, I can't see, I can't see. And they say, what's the matter? And I got my eyes closed. <laughs> and they poke him again. So they bring in a dog who, uh, this dog suffers from acute alcoholism. Ain't he a cutie? <laughs> so funny. He's one of those, uh, he's, uh, St. Bernard. He's got one of those barrels. He's, he's one of those dogs with a barrel on the collar that used to save people in the cartoons. Uh, St. Bernard. That's what I wrote in my notes. I couldn't come up with the name of the dog. They say he's a lap dog. A lap dog? Yeah, he lapped up two cases of beer. <laughs> 
Larry puts a bag of ice on the dog's head and then it hiccups. Curly says, Gesundheit, and off they go. <laughs> he lapped up two cases of beer. So they walk up to another one. He says, uh, here is an interesting case. It's got GCM written on the chart. Garbage can moocher. A bad case of scavengeritis. <laughs> they have a contraption to cure him. It's a garbage can attached to a spigot where the dog puts his face in the can to see what's in there for dinner, and they step on the lever and spray the dog in the face. Mo demonstrates, and uh, Curly does as well, and Mo gets a face full of water. He grabs Curly and says, I'll tear your esophagus out. Jesus. They fight a little bit. They say, quiet, don't wait, garçon. They say, garçon, who's that? You know, that's Miss Bedford's prize poodle. And these two uh, journalists look at each other knowingly. So, all of a sudden, we've got it. Calling Dr. Curly, room six, see a man about a dog diet. A dog diet. Then, Dr. Larry, ward eight, dog chasing its tail, it bit itself. Hee <laughs> guy says, will that be a problem for his carriage? And Larry says, I don't know about that, but it'll raise Cain on his wagon. <laughs> his wagon, because he bit his tail. Ah. Dr. Moe, we've got a Pomeranian in ward six with a coat on his tongue. Mo grabs the radio, radio thing and says, Well, give him the pants and vest and take him for a walk. <laughs> but the boys all leave to check on their dogs, their patients, and the guys grab the dog, and they say they'll stash him till they get the ransom. So they are dog nappers. Curly's in the hallway, and uh, every time a nurse walks by, he changes direction and follows her, and so he can't get anywhere. <laughs> Mo calls him on the loudspeaker and orders him to come wash a dog. Curly refuses. He says, uh, and Mo says, it's mutiny. And Curly says, yeah, but just not on the bounty. And then Mo punches him straight through the speaker. <laughs> then he looks, and there's Mo's face in the speaker. So he's like in the wall. He's suddenly, you know, but he's stuck. And Curly says, oh, you're stuck, huh? And he says, yeah. And Curly starts plucking eyebrows out of his head. She loves me. She loves me not. <laughs> then Curly goes to the microphone, and he says, Calling all curs. Dinner is served. A cur is a dog, obviously. So suddenly there's like 50 dogs running down the hall. You know, they put them in fast motion. There's every kind of dog you can think of, you know, and the tiny little one comes running last. <laughs> so we cut to the table. It's lunchtime. And the boys are sitting there. And they pull back the camera, and there's dogs. It's a real long table, and there's dogs at every place setting. It's a great visual of the boys sitting there with all the dogs at the table. Curly starts serving everyone, and there are big bones and dog biscuits for all. Frigaseed bone. It's delicious. <laughs> Mo says, since when do I look like a dog? Curly says, I don't know. I ain't seen you lately. <laughs> Curly makes a sandwich with his biscuits. And then they bite him, you know. Curly always has trouble eating. A dog barks, and uh, Curly snaps, Quiet, this is my argument, and starts attacking his sandwich. <laughs> Mo says, What are you doing? And Curly says, My sandwich bit me. I'm beating it into submission. <laughs> Everyone's chowing down, you know, and the puppies are drinking from little baby bottles. <laughs> Dr. Mo, Dr. Larry, Dr. Curly comes over again. And, uh, Larry's eating this gigantic dog biscuit, um, with his pinky out. Little dainty bites. <laughs> they get a message saying, Garcon is missing. Come quick. 
And there's a note, they come quick, and there's a note left demanding $2,000 or else. Mo realizes that the reporters were dog nappers. He says, now start thinking if possible. <laughs> Larry looks pained. Curly crosses his eyes, and he's spitting and stuff. He said, what are you doing? He says, I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. <laughs> then Mo finds his, uh, his collar and his leash, and he says, all we got to do now is refill it. Larry thinks that's a smart plan. He said, all we got to do is disguise another dog to look like Garçon. He says, brilliant. Get the glue and black paint, and we'll tear the mattress up. So the mattress is stuffed with this black hair. It looks just like what they yank off Larry's head. <laughs> Uh, Curly throws a handful down and stomps on it. He says, it's got dandruff. <laughs> Mo's not watching what he's doing, and he pulls out a handful of Larry's hair. Looks exactly like this uh, mattress stuffing. Great foreshadowing by me there a second ago. Uh, the dog is finished. It does not look great. It, it looks, I don't even know. They've glued clumps of hair all over this thing. <laughs> So the boys are returning Garcon, and they are dressed nicely, like in real life, I bet. This is what they, you know, I figured what they look like here. Libby Taylor is the maid here, and she opens the door, and she says, Oh, keep that dog away from me. I don't like dog. And Curly and Larry go right for the drink tray in the living room. <laughs> the maid is vacuuming, and uh, the dog runs in and starts tearing up the rug, and she shoes it away with the vacuum, and its wig, quote-unquote, comes sucked off. And then she's like, What in the world? And then more comes off his back, off his back, and she goes, "You is scalped," and she she runs off. The boys are fighting around the drink cart when uh, Larry blasts Mo with some seltzer by mistake, and then Mo puts a bunch of ice down Larry's back, which is a nice kind of a nice little change from a slap. Larry's jumping up and down to try to get the ice, and then they break into that clapping Russian dancing. Hey, 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 hey! All that stuff. I think that is so funny. So Miss Bedford comes in, and the dog the dog comes in, and she faints. <laughs> they run away to get the real dog, and uh, Curly ties the leash to the drink cart, and we we hear a huge crash as uh, she faints again, and she, just in, as she hears the drink cart being just demolished. So they're just walking down the street now, yelling "Garcon, Garcon!" They tell the the dog that they have to find Garcon, and then they start following along. Mo says, he sees something. On your toes, you heels. <laughs> the dog start. The dog's tail starts pointing, and they come forward. And then he kicks his leg, his back leg, and they retreat. Does that a few times, and then it gets in the shape of a question mark. They're, the boys are like, what? And they look, and it's a guy painting a fire hydrant. There's a pointer joke uh, about a dog, you know, but Curly calls him a poinsettia. And Mo says, quiet, you hot air, Dale. Eh, pretty funny, I guess. Cut to the crooks. They are cooking a ham steak and wondering about a call. The dog runs off and the boys chase. It jumps in the window and the boys come and, and knock at the door. Cy Shindell opens the door. They, they say, we're looking for a dog, four legs and a tail. And he shuts the door in their face. They start to walk away and then they realize, hey. And then they run and they smash the door down. And it lands right on top of, uh, on top of the, the thug there. Then there's a, a big fight scene. Larry grabs the guy, and Mo smashes a bottle on Larry's head. Curly is rooting. He, like, punch him, hit him, and he punches himself. <laughs> the thug is beating up Mo, punching in fast motion, and Mo flies back into a headstand in the corner. <laughs> now Cy is up from uh, under the door. Curly sicks the dog on him. Cy screams at him, and the dog runs and hides. 
<laughs> he starts taking off his jacket and Curly rushes him. And then they each have a hand and an arm in the coat and they're spinning around, you know. So punching, the, the thug gets punched, then he punches, then they, you know, and round and round in a circle they go. Curly finally kicks the guy in the chest. It's from a, a nice little kick there, Curly. And then he mule kicks the other guy and uh, Mo and Larry stop him. And then they look and they find Garcon in the closet. They open the door and Garcon is in there with her puppies. <laughs> the boys congratulate each other and Curly gives a mazel tov. Mo slaps him on his face, across the face, and Curly just starts crying. <laughs> the end. So when Curly crashes through the wall, you can see the actress smiling before she faints. She faints away when, you know, they, when she's, they, she thinks her dog, something's wrong with her dog. Isabel Lamal, yes, she faints, but she laughs like you can see her laughing, uh, before, right before at Curly. When Mo squirts the soap at Curly, it comes out before Mo even touches the dispenser, which is just kind of, you know, a little goof. An Airedale, you know, there's a lot of, uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons and whatnot mentioned Airedales from back in this time as well cartoons of the era and then mentioned here so i wonder if an airedale terrier was a new breed of dog back then or or if it was just for whatever reason somebody made the joke and then it just got passed around you know i, I wonder it seems to me like it would be a new kind of dog for those jokes to to land yeah so garçon is the name of the dog and it's french for the word boy so when she's referred to by um feminine pros pronouns and then gives birth at the end it's kind of fun there's a colorized version of this short that came out on the 2006 stooges on the run collection this short marks one of the few times the boys are respectable workers and this was one of curly's favorite shorts as he loved dogs so much the footage from this was reused in the 1960 compilation, Stop, Look, and Laugh. And this one gets an 8.78, Calling All Curs, gets an 8.78 on 3stooges.net. But I'll tell you what, I quite enjoyed this one. So I'm going to bump it up. Normally I'd, I'd go, you know, 8.7 to a 9. I quite enjoyed this one, so I'm bumping this up to an 8, up to a 9.5. I thought it was great. It's a frantic, funny short. And uh, it's nice to see the boys being successful at something for a change. They all have little funny bits at one time or another. Nobody really gets left out, which is a nice one. Sometimes Larry gets a little bit left out in the cold. But in this one, he had some funny... They all got some fun stuff to do. So we've got two more shorts from the 30s. I don't know if you can hear my dogs barking out there. We've got two more shorts from the 30s, and then I'll pick my favorite from 1939. And then just for fun, I'll pick my favorite of the 30s. Um, I'm going to populate the brackets thus far, and we'll see what is the best overall stooge short according to me. It's going to be a little while, but I'm, I've got them all listed thus far, and I will release it shortly. But I guess that's it. That's going to do it and bring it to a close once again. Tune in next time when we will look at the next short. Oily to bed, oily to rise. Thanks for listening. Thank you once again for all the great messages about the podcast. You can go to anchor.fm if you want to make a podcast of your own. 
That is a great free site that takes out all the guesswork, makes it easy to monetize your show. There are no limits on the size. There's no fees of any kind. Pretty good. Please, if you wouldn't mind, rate and review the show if you like it. Apparently, it really helps. We need to build the audience so that um, we can be rich and famous podcast hosts. <laughs> anyway. Uh, if you are not a fan, please remember, just leave it alone. It doesn't matter. But a five-star review sure would be great. I have been your host once again and Chief Knucklehead, Gabe Russo. Broadcasting from Stude Studios at the back of the house. See you next time. Bye.